This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. to you. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. This morning we're talking law and order and we have two of our friends with us this morning from the Murfreesboro Police Department. Larry Flowers is here. Hey Larry, good morning to you. Good morning, boy. How are you? Doing great and Lieutenant Clayton Williams also here. Clayton, good morning to you. Good morning, boy. Good to have you both with us. Uh, what's the biggest news happening with Murfreesboro Police Department? Anything? Ex- well, you, you all made it through the storms, man. We had some, we had some storms out here. Yeah, we lucked out on it. I know when you reached out to me, I checked uh, with dispatch, and and we were happy to report that you know there were no major issues here in the city. Thank uh, goodness for that. Even though we had significant rainfall, and uh, so that's a good thing when we you know, are able to, um, you know, not have any damage or any uh, streets uh, that are blocked or covered with water. So that is some good news. Uh, I've, everything must have been working as it should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the drain system was uh, was doing what it should yeah. and draining the water off. Yeah, I don't think... Uh I don't think we got quite to the level that we did a couple of weeks back. No, thank we goodness. Really, yeah, we really got it a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. This has been a wet year, but it's beautiful and green out there. It certainly is that. So, uh, I don't know if that means we'll have a warmer than usual summer or not. We'll just have to wait and find out. Yeah. I understand the cicadas are about to come out. <laughs> uh, maybe they all drowned. <laughs> well, there's a. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's going to be a Cicada uh, Society contacting us. They'll be marching in front of the station. <laughs> uh, I, I have heard that the, uh, the traffic camera lights, uh, the traffic cams are turned off uh, for, for the you know, red light cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had always been pretty controversial, I guess. Yeah, it, it was. Um, that contract came to kind of basically to... Uh, where it was kind of sunset, if you will, um, and it just uh, city leadership, uh, Chief Bowen and, and council, and um, just decided that it wasn't uh, the best thing to do or best thing to do right now with the contract because it was it would have been uh, basically renewing exact same terms and and, and layout. So I think what the uh, idea was, if if we felt like that was something that uh, was best interest for the city and and a positive thing for law enforcement that we probably need to go back and relook at that and make sure it's doing and having the effect that we want it to uh, and make sure that <clears throat> excuse me it's um <clears throat> excuse me the best deployment and best product if that's what we wanted so uh, i'm just going to let that kind of expire so they i think that was april 27th i believe it was right there at the end of april when mm-hmm. the last day for that so you may still see those 
sitting on the side of the, the, the equipment, the hardware, if you will. But no, they're not issuing any citations at this time. Technology changes, uh, I'm sure, for traffic cameras just like it does for everything else. And uh, they, they were originally put in to reduce the T-bone accidents mm -hmm. at intersections. Uh, was that working? And also, is there new technology that has been developed that will make that work better now? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, camera technology has come a really long way, um, <clears throat> and it continues to improve. Um, I think we looked at, I know we did some studying at the numbers over the last uh, several years since those were implemented, and there were some changes. Um, when we looked at crash data versus where those locations were, we did see some differences. Um, however, the the for those people that are interested in statistics world out there, the changes were the fluctuations either positive or negative were such small numbers. It any any change in that the percentage was exponentially increased and it made it look very drastic. But uh, any there weren't a high. Uh, frequency I guess of those numbers so the other thing that made it difficult was it would fluctuate one year they would be down the next year they would be up um, and then especially when we tried to look at 2020 um, <laughs> that had a, a, a big impact then also we had to take into account you know I know you remember Bart because you were right here watching it every day during the Bridge Over Broad project which was a span of about three years uh, this intersection here at Church and Broad, for instance, did see a lot of changes, but a lot of that could have been due to the fact of the lags and, and uh, volume, people having to wait a lot of times that while that construction is going on when the lanes were narrower. So the other piece of that is, too, you know, the, the state legislature has historically taken a very strong hard line on those restrictions and on the guidelines for using those. Um, I think you know it, it would be in our best interest if we felt like it was something that it was good for the city good for the citizens to hopefully get some more support at the state level because we would want to make sure that it wasn't just the people that were obeying the rules and and paying those fines when they come in that were just taking care of it it would also affect those folks that you know for whatever reason chose not to pay those even when they were found uh, that they had, were in violation because um, it just doesn't seem like it's it's equal for treatment at that point because there was no the way the state law was there was no way to hold that person ultimately accountable so but back to your original point I won't get off too far in details but the you know we do are concerned about uh, the impact of angle crashes because uh, t-bone that's what most people call them but the propensity for those to cause major injury and even fatal injuries um, is much higher than other crashes so <clears throat> we're going to monitor those things and kind of keep an eye out and if we see some uh, you know serious increase at those places we'll probably look a little closer at that and see if that's something we need to do and also you may start to see some more traditional enforcement um, uh, with officers out there in those areas as well to try to help uh, keep those same same efforts going and keep everybody safe now, during the pandemic period, the period that everybody was sort of locked indoors, uh, there was less traffic on the roads, but you also mentioned earlier that the traffic that was there was going a whole lot faster and the accidents were a lot more serious when they did occur. Mm -hmm. 
now that we have more people back on the roads again, have they slowed down? Um, I don't know if slowed down. I can tell you, I know when, when we were doing uh, some numbers for budget, uh, I think I finished those in March. So up until March uh, for 2020, the fiscal year, we uh, we were actually seeing a downturn, and actually our fatalities were down than what they were uh, originally projected and previously. Now, I don't know that we've had very many since March and spring, and we're coming up to vacation, you know, as we get into May and June, um, those are typically a lot more busy as far as travel goes. Um, so, I mean, uh, crashes overall, and not only fatalities during that year 2020, what we saw crashes were down. Um, so, I would say it varies by location and what kind of restrictions were going on and, and how many people were commuting to work, you know, in different areas. But we actually saw a decrease in that. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll continue that. And, and we've done a lot. We've also upped our game with a lot of efforts. And I'll let Larry speak about that, about just dealing with some of those driving problems uh, with some of our partners here. Right. Uh, Bart, you had mentioned about, you know, drivers speeding and uh, just last week, uh, the Rutherford County Traffic Safety uh, Task Force, which is made up of 10 law enforcement agencies across the, uh, across the county, you know, from MTSU all the way to the Tennessee Highway Patrol. And uh, last Friday, uh, during that operation, 267 citations were issued. And when you're looking at those citations, the majority of them were speeding. The operation was Operation Slowdown, so uh, they were mainly looking for speeders along US, uh, 40, US uh, 4170, which is Northwest Broad Street, Murfreesboro Road, South Lowry in, um, in Smyrna. And it went from the Rutherford County line all the way to the Davidson County line. 111 of those 267 citations were speeding. Uh, usually when you have things like that, mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious that, well, first of all, you promote it heavily right. that you're going to do it. And then when you get there to do it, uh, there's so many police officers, you stand out like a sore thumb. People continue to break the law when exactly. they see this. I don't understand that. Uh, I rode along with one of the officers and literally as soon as we turned on broad, uh, 30 seconds later, we had pulled over a car. And uh, again, uh, 111 uh, citations for speeding. Um, there was a driver that was going 84 miles per hour um, in a 55 mile per oh hour zone. Gosh. So that's, you know, what we're talking about here. And uh, you know, what else? Uh, wh uh, what's more important to point out is that um, you know whether you're asking Clayton about the uh, red light cameras. You know whether an intersection you know was monitored in the past you know, or, 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 or not, it's important for drivers to obey the law. You know, these traffic laws are put in place for a reason, you know, mainly to reduce crashes, to save lives. And, you know, and that's what the uh, Rutherford County Traffic Safety Task Force is all about. You know, they conduct these operations. They try to do at least one a month, you know, to try and, uh, you know, help save lives in our city and our county. I'd like to hear from a listener because th there were several people against the traffic lights, uh, traffic cameras, red light traffic, uh, and, and it was almost as if you're not playing by the rules. <laughs> I mean, that's what they were saying to the police. We don't want technology to catch us. If it's it's not fair unless there's a real policeman who stops us. Mm -hmm. And since you don't have enough policemen, 
you're going to have a harder time stopping us. Uh, what do you say to people like that? You know, and I, I totally understand that sentiment. And uh, here's what uh, I would, <laughs> for people that have never gotten one, uh, you know, and most people didn't. I mean, most law-abiding citizens, it wasn't an issue. But it's pretty amazing. Um, and I'll tell you this from somebody who did traffic enforcement for a really long time. Um, I dreaded pulling people over for red light violations. And this was the reason, not because <laughs> I didn't want to cite them, but Bart, it's pretty amazing that uh, as people are driving and most of what we find, the deliberate lawbreakers are out there that just don't pay it, that are saying, I don't care what the law says, I'm going to do it. However, most people are just going about their day doing their thing, driving their car, and some things happen inadvertently because they're just not paying attention. Red light being the key one. I can't tell you how many times, Bart, I would stop somebody and it'd just be the nicest person in the world, and I'd walk up to the car and I'd say, hey, uh, the reason I stopped you is because you ran that red light back there. Oh, no, I didn't. It was green. Now, I don't think they were lying to me. I think they honestly believe that. I, I do because their perception of what they saw the last time they looked at it. Um, so it was really difficult, and then they would even come to court, you know, and they'd tell no, it was green. Um, I mean, I know what I saw. I was watching for that, um, but that was their perception. So I, I say that to say this, the technology, if you've never received one of those, and if we get there in the future, maybe we can, if we'd start to do it again, maybe we can educate people a little better. That technology is so good, Bart. Um, you can almost, excuse me, you can almost see the person driving the car, but it takes it has a video that actually tracks folks because it can tell uh, based on the speed somebody's going in their relative distance to the intersection they pretty much know when to watch and why you see that flash is because they can tell the people that are about to run through we were very diligent to make sure it wasn't people that were getting through on yellow or getting caught out in the middle of the intersection it wasn't anything like that these were the folks that were well behind the stop bar the light would turn red and they would cross over and enter the intersection. And each one of those cases were reviewed by a police officer to verify that the technology did not make a mistake. It was to make sure that it was a clear violation. And anybody that had to contest those, um, we would have to we would have to appear in court with that officer to testify, show the video, show the judge. But you know, we live in a day and time right now, and in a lot of different contexts, that people want to see the video. If you watch that video, and if you're caught. Most people just shake, just like they, you see them drop their shoulders mm -hmm. and just wilt because Bart, it's it is clear as day. And the the other side of that coin is it's really hard to make a good excuse to combat why that's okay because it not only puts that person at serious risk for oncoming traffic, but the other people involved. So, um, so I, I get back to the point. I guess I understand people feel like it wasn't fair or it was in, too invasive, but. I would also counter to them that those intersections at Broad and Thompson, um, the disruption of trying to do that in a, a manual way, if you will, with law enforcement, um, it takes more manpower and it's a whole lot more of an impact on motoring traffic through the way. And it does so that I would say for the people that are obeying the law and just trying to get to where they're going, it doesn't impede them. All it does is get the people that are that are in violation of that and addresses that and. For as many people that were negative, I've also talked with people that I personally know that got those, and they told me, said, well, I'll make sure and be more aware next time. And that's really what it was all about, was to try to make – we didn't want to issue more tickets. We wanted people to eventually change their driving habits in, in those particular areas. So, 
Here's an email we just received, and I've never seen this come up before. This person said that they have a friend who got a red light camera ticket when they were in a funeral possession. Possession. Hmm. A procession. Okay. <laughs> um, now, I know, and our officer would like to review those, as long as they're in a funeral procession and the intersection is being controlled by law enforcement to allow those people to uh, circumvent the red light, that's fine. Um, and we would look at those, but if people that, if you're with an organization or group or funeral home that does not get that assistance and you run a red light, that's not allowable by the law. The intersection has to be physically controlled by someone, law enforcement, some people hire private security with to do those things. Um, so I would tell that person, you know, it's it's fine to come and, and argue that and let the judge weigh that out as far as if it's something that they would feel like that that, if, you know, offense is valid. But it's a good thing to let people know, though, especially in this busy town, if, in a funeral procession, if you're if that intersection is not controlled and held physically by someone there, you're putting yourself at risk because a lot of people don't see that and don't know why. But two, yes, you have to obey the traffic signals. So at, at that point, the funeral homes really the one that. Uh, is creating the issue, not the car. I mean, because they should let the people know that there's no additional assistance. Yeah, I, I've been at some of those services, uh, Barton. I, I, I'm sure they don't want to see anything happening but where they would actually make that announcement to say, okay, we're going to go to the funeral home. Don't feel this is the address. Please don't try to follow us through and, and break. Please don't break the traffic laws trying to get will. You'll have plenty of time to get there. This is where we'll be, and this is what time we'll start. Uh, because nobody wants to, especially on, on the end of a funeral, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Now, um, in Nashville, they have services that uh, that offer that uh, escort, I guess you'd call it. In Murfreesboro, I was thinking that some of the agencies, police, sheriff's office, uh, don't you continue to do that? We try, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. We try to accommodate those as much as we can. Um, However, sometimes those schedule when those events are happening, it happens to be right in some really busy time. Um, and even though we want to be very respectful of that and, and try to do our best to accommodate them, um, we sometimes just don't have the resources to allocate to that. There, are, I know I've seen a few here in town. I, I don't know the name of the business. I was out, <clears throat> excuse me, on Northwest Broad the other day, and I saw a company uh, that's what they were doing. So that may be more and more prevalent. Um, you know, it's. You just have to weigh the the needs there and what's most important. Uh, and you know, people calling for help and needing police assistance during that time, we want to make sure that they get that priority service. And if we can accommodate funeral homes, we and families, we definitely will always try to do that. It just we have to balance that out. Our phone number is six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather, and we'll be right back. We're talking law and order. If you have a question or a comment about the red light cameras or any of the other issues that are coming up, travel during vacation time, we're going to get a lot more people coming in for that. Uh, we're on the doorstep, too, of Spring Fling. A whole lot of people coming for that. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. 
Good morning. Traffic still moving on I-24 coming in uh, right now from Coffee County uh, into Rutherford County. Now, over in Grundy County, we saw quite a bit of radar earlier. Just slow it down out here. Traffic still looks pretty good right now. 840 if you're headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. Ripley's Aquarium, Sleep of the Sharks is coming up June 11th. Check it out. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high around 70 degrees. Northwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 44. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 58. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Come on over to Music World and Drummer's Den for lessons on any instrument with strings, keys, or drums. We also have a full line of live sound, amplification, PA systems, lights, everything you need to play your local venues. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car, and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. A salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. I saw a lot of stuff. I spent 10 years first in the Navy, so I saw it from a Navy side, and then I spent my last 10 years in the National Guard. But we did see a lot off the coast of Iraq during Desert Storm 1, and yeah, we did see a lot. After a career in the military, Ron Leonard decided he wanted to give back. It started with training his dog to comfort veterans who suffer from PTSD. He started working with Canines Through Christ, We thought this was a cool thing, so we started training our dog, Molly, and Molly now is a therapy dog to comfort wounded warriors and those that suffer with PTSD. We're bringing these troops home, and they are suffering, and then we also deal with TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. We have a lot of these people that have been so much around war that it's affected the basically the chemical elements in their brain, and they are struggling with that. Or finding yourself under false guilt, why did my buddy die and I didn't? We have one guy that came back that was stage four PTS, which he was suicidal. Once he got a therapy dog, within six months, he was completely off his meds because that dog helped him so much. Leonard, who served in the Navy and later retired from the Army, decided he wanted to give back. It started with training his dog to comfort veterans who suffer from PTSD. 
What we do is these dogs are trained and they are trained for a 12 week period, just like a police dog would be trained. And then we give them free to the vet, not a cost to the vet whatsoever. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Talk with the police chief, the mayor, and other local leaders about issues that concern you. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekdays at 810 on WGNS. Welcome back. I want to say happy birthday to Sandra Ring. Sandra is our birthday winner today and gets that delicious homemade banana pudding from our friends at Slick Pig Barbecue. Congratulations, Sandra Ring, and happy birthday to you, too. Our good neighbor of the day is Angela Tips. Angela Tips is the good neighbor today, and she'll be receiving flowers from Ryan's Flowers, Coffee, and Gifts. The person who nominated her said she's such an encouragement to her students. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bart. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for calling. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, no, um, a while ago, y'all were uh, talking about the uh, red light uh, cameras, and mm-hmm. I know uh, that uh, I think that's monitored and done by a like a private company or whatever. But I, I, best I remember. Uh, in last year's city's budget, I want to think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that generated about a million dollars or better for the city. I'm just wondering, that money that's generated from the red light tickets, is that money just go into the general fund, or does it somehow go back to uh, provide and do stuff specifically for law enforcement and the police department? Don't and I'll hang up unless you come in. Okay, thank you. What about that? <clears throat> well, I can kind of answer that question. I, I can't. I, not because uh, don't want to, just don't know. <laughs> um, I can tell you, you know, a large portion of that, even though that revenue number is high, yes, it, I think it teetered in the nine hundred thousand uh, to just under a million most years. A lot of that money would go back to the company itself for the price of because we didn't pay anything for the equipment um all that money went to um, them uh keeping up with the equipment the technology changing it out when it needed repair things like that so they kept a portion of that i think it was about 60 percent um and the remainder it went back to the city and for them as far as where it went from there i know most of the time that would uh come back in general fund i do think we funded uh the position uh for that uh person who was doing the monitoring on the police side i believe we used some of that money to fund that position and then as far as the rest goes uh, that you'd have to talk to um you'd have to talk to uh finance at city hall because uh, that was you know we don't directly take any money in at the police department whether it be with a city citation or that's all that goes through city hall and is diverted back out through the budget process so um i, I wish i could tell you more on that i just don't know okay our phone number is 615-893-1450 and we just had a listener call and uh, we put them on hold they waited for a minute and then they left a message 
Uh, when we're in a talk show, we don't take messages. If you want to send us a message, we can do. We can take text message, but a, an oral message, we don't. Uh, we, we we don't have a chance to stop and listen to them. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Great. I got two questions. Okay. For the chief. I came through town down there yesterday. They had a wreck down from the Dodge store. Uh-huh. I had an opportunity. I had to go back through town again almost an hour later. Well, the wreck was still there. Traffic was backed all the way from the Dodge store to McDonald's, three lanes. And uh, I was wondering why it takes so long to move a simple accident when there ain't a fatality involved. And also, that there where Academy Street comes out on Broad, it's three lanes of traffic there. There was three people waiting to try to turn across three lanes of traffic with traffic backed up a mile. I've talked to the mayor about this before. They need to do away with that turning lane right there, because right down there at the Dodge store, there's an arrow at the red light where you can turn and go to the same place uptown. And his answer was, we might look at it when we build a pedestrian bridge across there. That could be four or five years from now. I seen a wreck down there last year. It looked like the first turn at Talladega. There was a van on its top, two other vehicles crashed, because you can't see across three lanes of traffic right there. That should be right turn only, right turn out. And I'll listen. I know the police chief can't do nothing about that, but I'll listen. Okay. Thank you for calling. Uh, and and that's, that's what we need is questions like that because that's uh, an opinion from a motorist. And, sure. and you see things when you're driving differently from whoever designed the, uh, the traffic pattern. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that sentiment in general it's important to note that you know that's why we do consider things like technology for example with the red light cameras uh, we're we understand the traffic concerns in this town in the city limits especially um, they're of grave importance to the people that live here uh, and a lot of that is because of rapid growth and we want to work you know hand in hand with the citizens as well as city leadership and engineering and planning and those things to uh, help come up with some of those solutions um, so I'll start back to the first part of the question we uh, emphasize to our folks that are out there working crashes <clears throat> that getting the roadway clear is very important uh, two things number one to prevent further accidents from happening and number two uh, to keep people being able to travel to and from uh, freely without causing too much interruption um, typically an hour that is a really long time I'd, I'd have to go back and look and see specifically for this incident what the issue was but um, I will tell you that a lot of times cars get disabled to the point where they they can't be pushed or pulled out of the road by hand it has to take the use of a, a, a tow truck a wrecker to get those out of the way um, so that a lot of times in, compounded by traffic they're busy wherever they're coming from uh, we try to keep them uh, adhering to a schedule uh, which allows us to get folks there within 20 to 25 minutes um, so I can't Alex said I'm not really sure but it is a priority for us and I appreciate you letting us know because uh, we want to get that cleared up as soon as possible as well because it also decreases risk for us as far as the design uh, issues and roadway issues you speak about I think we even I think last month Bart we had a caller 
not academy and broad but they were talking about manny and broad a little bit farther up the way were similar type issues because of the the, the roadway change there um but yes uh, you know we're we're with you on that we want things to be as safe as possible uh, i always try to encourage people if there's enough places in town especially in the downtown area now that have either signalization or as this caller mentioned multiple routes to get to the same place you know try to avoid those left turns without a with no traffic control device especially on a six lane highway um it's just it's not that it's illegal it just really exposes you to a great risk trying to do so um and you know we'll we're open to any <clears throat> suggestions or uh any uh, dialogue about that you know if somebody wants our input about how we could best move forward there citywide but yeah Here's a listener who sent us a text. They're concerned about people driving in a heavy downpour with no lights on. They say you just cannot see these people. Isn't there a law? And do you give tickets for driving without your lights on in the rain? It is a law. Uh, anytime the old adage, anytime your wipers are on, your lights should be on. Um, that's the easiest way to remember. yes it is a law um and yes we can cite people for that if they don't comply with that okay and I, I would like to add just personally something else to that person's thought i've noticed a lot of people uh in the evening hours as it's getting dark outside it's 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 late dusk i guess you mm -hmm. could call it and people are driving home with their lights off mm -hmm. and you can't you you just don't notice those people mm -hmm. is there a law of when what time of day you mm -hmm. have to have your lights on there is it's 30 minutes before um sunset and 30 minutes before sunrise so um <laughs> how actually, serious is that how, how serious do you enforce it you know we we take all traffic there's there's no grading per se of uh, traffic laws what's carries more weight than the other um you know we it's some of that is education and and letting our officers know that that's a priority for folks i would say depending on what's happening you know we i don't know that we've ever done a ta targeted enforcement activity where we're looking just for lights but uh you know it may be something that we consider uh, because it is a safety issue and concern um, but yes, it's right. It's the same in there in, in the misdemeanor class with most of your other traffic offenses. So I guess really this time of the year with the days getting daylight hours getting longer, mm -hmm. that's less of a problem. But we've certainly had our share of rain. Yeah, <laughs> so. and you know, I'd also, I'd also say Bart. I know a lot of people have cars equipped with daytime running lights, mm -hmm. but you know, even if you don't, there's I would uh, there's no law that says you can't have your headlights on during the daytime now i'm not saying that you have to do that it does make you more visible more conspicuous but anytime even if you can still see um <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that people can see you um so as soon as it starts getting you know later in the evening go ahead and turn those on same way in the morning um i'll share a story somebody said one time they were talking with their their son and they hadn't been driving long and they got home and pulled in the driveway and it was really dusky and they didn't have their headlights on and dad said to him son why why are you driving without your headlights he said well i don't need them he said what do you mean you don't need them he said i can see fine the street lights were good out there so <laughs> in some areas of town it is lit like that um but you know we want to make sure you're you're being seen and you're seeing where you're going so yes please help us out with that turn those on we've gotten two more uh text messages in this one says some of the people driving with their lights off are police cars. Uh, what do you do about that? 
if you I mean you don't do a Barney Fife and citizens arrest <laughs> <laughs> if you see that happening call us um, we'll we'll address that directly um, and and immediately so um, yes if you see that happening let us know about it uh, here's another one it says Martin's home and garden tractor trailer trucks going in and out uh, as well as traffic in and out of that establishment are creating problems any future plans on helping with the congestion issue uh, I guess talking about it broad in Hamilton there um, not that I'm aware of um, I don't know of any future improvements that are on the that I've seen now again I would tell people to check with the engineering and planning on that um, that's I wish I had more to offer <laughs> to tell okay. you on that but I don't here's a person who says they were driving home yesterday afternoon around 4:30 on the interstate and uh, right around the New Salem Highway, there were several hazmat trucks on the side of the road. There was a wreck there off the interstate. What was happening? Well, since uh, Murfreesboro police don't patrol the interstate, uh, uh -huh. that call would not have been ours. Oh, uh, okay. They would need to check with uh, the Tennessee Highway Patrol or Rutherford County Sheriff's Office yeah. okay. in, in that case. Very good. And if it was the – they may – if just if, if it's those – the help trucks the green if that's what they're referring to when they say hazmat trucks the yeah. highway incident response helper a lot of times you know i don't know if people are aware of this but they funded that through the state where they're in rutherford county now and a lot of times when they're waiting on the next thing to happen you'll it's not uncommon to see them parked <coughs> under an overpass or on the side of the shoulder just waiting to be dispatched to the next location so i'm not sure if that's what they saw they, they just sent us an email back it said on the side of the truck's premier hazmat service okay I, I can speak to that part uh, that's probably a con uh, either a contract with that the state has with those folks or a contract with the person that was needing that assistance anytime you have a, a crash that involves a, a fuel spill um, especially with diesel because of the high oil content or if, uh, if there was some cargo that they were carrying that uh, would create a situation they don't want those especially liquids just getting into the ground into the groundwater so sometimes it requires those folks coming out and they have special um, tools and resources they can use to try to dam those things up and and also uh, clean up appropriately so then you know our local environment and the water table is not you know polluted. and the person mentioned it was near the new salem highway which is also where the stones river correct is, is crossing the area yeah. there our phone number 615-893-1450 we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. I happened to glance up and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS AM FM online. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. 
This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family-owned and operated since 1989. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high around 70 degrees. Northwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 44. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 58. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Join me, America's career coach Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. Phone number 615-893-1450. We're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. P-R-O. If you have a question or a comment this morning dealing with law and order, red light cameras, things of that sort, give us a call. 615-893-1450. We have a text here about those red light cameras, and they say, didn't they oftentimes uh, get pictures of accidents that helped you uh, investigate the accident? And also, does the city still have cameras around the area to record traffic situations? Um, So, first part of the question, yes, uh, we were... It was a valuable tool in the fact if we, um, it was always, just so I'm clear, we didn't have somebody sitting monitoring those like 24-7 watching it. You know, they were always retroactive. But if we got a in a crash that occurred at one of those locations and there was debate, uh, which goes back to kind of my illustration before, a lot of times people, even in crashes, they don't remember or they, they were pretty sure they had the green light. And you have two people saying they had the green light. You know, one of those can't be true. Um, so we would ask <clears throat> the officer that monitors those to go back and look at that intersection at that time. And, and yes, uh, every time that happened, we were able to prove and show that on video who ran the red light. And so, and that was a big thing for, you know, most of us are insured, but um, a lot of us, even in small things, kind of want some justice. And when we feel like we're in the right, you know, it's really nice to be vindicated by something like that to say, no, I, I didn't run the red light. That other person did and, and, and hit my car. Um, so yes, that was a tool that we could use for that. The traffic cameras, they're still up. Um, they don't record. Um, all they do is just provide a live feed. If people have watched that on channel 
uh, TV3. Uh, sometimes you can see those there. So, <laughs> excuse me, and they are the locations they're at. The most of those are a little bit higher vantage point, um, and we can't. So, for example, we have people call us all the time that say, "Well, can't you?" If it's at one of those intersections and it's a, a crash that occurs, it's a red light, and they say, well, can't you look at the camera and see? And I was like, no, I can't, unfortunately. We can't go back and retrieve that information. So maybe something if people are interested in that, maybe something in the future. So Here's a, another comment from a listener. They're talking about that uh, hazmat situation. Said there was a semi that had flipped over at the New Salem Highway exit yesterday and was in the grassy area. Gotcha. So, it's probably diesel leak then. Yeah, or yeah probably so. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You had mentioned something about uh, some of the areas, uh, some of the roadways, uh, blocking roads and what have you. This person uh, email sent or text message has said that they were traveling along the old Fort or let me read that closer. Not Old Fort Parkway, Medical Center Parkway. And as it crosses the interstate, uh, they were wanting to turn to go to I-24 eastbound. And the traffic uh, going over the bridge was quite heavy and was, was at a standstill. And they were waiting for the signals to change. Uh, but it was blocking the roadway, uh, the traffic coming off of the interstate uh, but they you couldn't tell it until the cars in front of you moved away because they were covering up the uh, the markings on the roadway mm -hmm. what can you do about that well uh, the first thing is you know if everybody did this I'd be out of a job but the first thing <laughs> is if people would be patient and follow the rules of the road and uh, and be considerate of other drivers that would help us out a ton um, we get complaints out there all the time you have so many in a very compressed area that the way those ramps are built and the way the off ramps come in and on ramps come in uh, Larry could probably talk about this more passionately than me he lives on that side of town so he's very very familiar with it but you have people that want to they get tired of waiting in line because that they're that intersection is used a lot now for our commuter traffic that those people going to and coming from Nashville. So in the afternoons, it's not uncommon to see a line of vehicles all the way down to the interstate itself trying to get off coming from Nashville. Um, so I know we've been out there in the past trying to do something, and here's what happened. You, it takes about four or five police officers, and what happened, when you're standing there in uniform, everybody behaves um so <laughs> you know it makes it very difficult we there is a law you can't block an intersection like that you know you're supposed to stay and if people did stop at the stop bar and when it was red and make sure that even though the light may be green if there's traffic ahead of you and there's nowhere for you to go it doesn't do you any good to, for you to pile up in there and just block every then nobody can move which makes the whole process even longer because it causes gridlock um i know those cameras are their, excuse me, cameras, red lights are synchronized and they're based upon the time of day and the traffic volume, what they pick up. Um, I believe the limitations there are just it, the sheer volume and folks being impatient. So um, I would just ask, man, if, if we could try it for one day, if everybody took their time and <laughs> see what happened differently. Give, but time. Give yourself yeah, time. Exactly. You know, and just know <laughs> those, as we're a growing town, uh, Bart, I mean, it's, it's, 
you can't get any get places as fast as you used to be in this mm-hmm. town unfortunately it's um it's just the way it is you're going to have to a lot more time and just take that into consideration uh, when we're, we're traveling about here's another question uh, they're asking are all traffic lights metal detected in the city i'm guessing they're saying weight detected from the weight sensors <clears throat> actually i'd say there's very few that are still that way uh, most of them now if you look around a lot of people think they're cameras you'll see something that that's a it looks like one of the traffic cameras up above the pole but what that is it's actually monitoring traffic volume to determine when the lights should cycle so that way there's no arbitrary number set or time set that what so it's dependent upon what's happening during the day um, they find that that allows for more efficient uh, in traffic flow so actually it is controlled by traffic it is majority of them now things that have been installed in the last uh, uh, several years yes but to their point what it's saying is used to there was you would see the grid on the road and that's what would sense the vehicle and trigger the light but that's that's kind of an antiquated technology now okay well i want to say thank you so much both of you for joining us today we've been learning about law enforcement here in the heart of tennessee larry flowers and lieutenant clayton williams from the Murfreesboro Police Department with us today. Hope all of you have a good rest of the day. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Stay with us. Truman is next on your Good Neighbor Station. WGNS Murfreesboro. We'll see you tomorrow.